I want you to know I've given this a lot of thought. I'm sorry, but we uh, we have to break up. No. What's that? We're not breaking up. We're not? No. All right. But I don't want to be a secondary character. season three Ivan welcome back to season three Stephen well I should say welcome to season three not back oh season three whatever this is the start <laughs> it is the start new studio new series or new season and uh, new things I guess hashtag new year new me yeah that's it hashtag new year new pod <laughs> new pod I love new, it well new studio new studio I had my pretzels this morning if you check us on uh, social in- uh, media Instagram Facebook and Twitter I uh, put a picture of pretzels that I ate I saw that uh, yeah, yeah not yeah. a very nutritious breakfast but uh, I I appreciated it nonetheless. Oh, it was more of a snack. I had breakfast before. Oh, okay. So, well, that's yeah. good. It was fine. That's good to know. <laughs> I need to. Uh, I need to know that your nutrition's up to scratch. Yeah, exactly. This is, but I don't want to be a secondary character. And as we mentioned, it is season three of the podcast. We're in a brand new studio, and uh, it's really nice, nice and clean and <laughs> open. Yeah, it's very well lit. Very uh, well lit. Yeah. yeah. We got a nice little skylight underneath too. Yeah. No, it's yeah. very fancy. Very Definitely fancy. a step up. Oh, indeed. You We've know, still got all the old Seinfeld paraphernalia, all the uh, the. Chocolate Chocolates and uh, the puppy shirt and the rocket pen. Yep. We've added a few things, actually, and we'll continue to add through the seasons. Yeah. We'll keep you updated with our um, Seinfeld paraphernalia. Indeed. I-, I made sure I didn't eat the chocolates. Okay. You know. That would have oh, been hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It would have been like, you know how chocolate can get white? Yeah. You know, it becomes, has like that kind of white. Isn't that just color? crappy compound chocolate? Yeah, yeah, probably. Low quality co- uh, chocolate. <laughs> I reckon you've eaten them like six or seven times, but you've just <laughs> you've got a box of junior mints in the box. Yeah, of and O'Henry's. Henry's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's it. like, why don't you just eat the ones out of the box? <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, I don't know. Exactly. And uh, speaking of a new year, I hope I uh, hope all of you, our listeners, our lovely listeners, had a had an excellent new year and Christmas period. Yes, we, we hope certainly so. did. Yeah, we certainly did. And uh, if over the holidays you were subscribed to us and uh, you did you know, refresh your podcast feed. We had a couple of clip shows, parts one and two, that we put up. These were the best of season two split up. Uh, first one was season one to ten, and the second one was 11 to 20. Yeah, that's right. Our funniest moments. Yeah, yeah. No, they were pretty good. I, I had to listen to them a couple of times each, and uh, I forgot some of the some yeah. of the weird shit that we talked about through the year. <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank that was the Redemption. Best. That was the best. Pretty bad. Uh, yeah. Pretty bad. Pretty good. <laughs> so bad it's good. Yeah, indeed. That's it. Whether you're a first-time listener listening in, or you're a seasoned veteran who's been with us since episode one, The Soup Nazi, thank you so much for your support, like we did mention in the season two finale last year. And uh, yeah, season three, we've got a lot of exciting things to talk about, Stephen. We do uh yeah well why don't we kick off by talking about some exciting stuff oh i like it what what is it so last year in the last couple of episodes for season two we mentioned that we had a pretty cool announcement coming up for season three that's right um i'm sure at least some of you might be curious as to what it is so in late march um, all the details are forthcoming but in late march we will be uh, doing a live show a live show in melbourne so if you are in melbourne or if you want to travel to melbourne or if you're from overseas and you happen to be in melbourne around what is it march 
Uh, I think it's March 20-something. Yeah, that's I right. I can't remember the details off the top of my head, but in the next week or two, we'll put up the Facebook event. We'll put up all the promotional material. All the that works. stuff's still being uh, finalised. Open invitation. That's right. Yeah. Um, but some of the details are it will be at George's Bar, which is in Melbourne in Fitzroy. That's right. Um, Good little spot. That's right. It'll yeah. be our 50th ever episode, or 50th ever sort of normal episode, not including all the uh, the B episodes and stuff. Yep. Um, and we'll be doing the contest. The contest, yes. Probably the greatest episode of Seinfeld of all time. And uh, we thought yeah. we thought it was appropriate to do the best episode of all time on our 50th. Yeah, I mean, it's not my favourite Seinfeld episode of all time, but it feels like the seminal episode. The one which changed everything, I think. Indeed, in yeah. Seinfeld, it, it, yeah. It, it, it made Seinfeld what it is. Yeah, and it's, I think 100%. it's the most sort of highly regarded an influential, most influential episode. So we'll be doing that in late March. Um, it'll be free entry. Um, I think the venue only holds about 100 to 150 people. So if you want to come along and just watch us do our thing in person, um, yeah, that'll be awesome. But again, just just keep an eye out on our, all of our social media and we'll have all the details up. And uh, yeah, if you want to come along, it would be awesome if you're there. Sounds fantastic. And we're thinking as well of doing a, like a live stream as well. So yeah. uh, we've got a YouTube channel. You can find uh, Bidwabask on there. And uh, yeah, we'll do like a YouTube live stream. So if you can't make it to George's and you want to watch us in action, just uh, just log in yeah. and watch us on YouTube. Yeah, but I mean, we, you know, it's still two and a half months away. So of course. So all of those specifics will be uh, announced over the next few months. But, but yeah, uh, it's something I'd like to do though. Yeah, That'd for sure. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really cool. Yeah. So we're pretty excited about that. And uh, yeah, again, just keep an eye out on social media. And if you want to uh, keep an eye out on our social media, <laughs> our handle is BigWabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. Uh, we've got an email address, podcast at gmail.com, a website, com, and you can listen to us on iTunes or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And if you want to review us or uh, subscribe to us or spread the word, that'd be amazing. That would be amazing. Let's start off the episode, Stephen, with something a bit different. We usually do uh, a Seinfeld news, but I think let's kick off with listener mail. Yes, indeed. When you control the mail, you control information so we received an email a couple of days ago from another Stephen huh uh, I don't know which he, I don't know which country he's from I'm guessing probably North America I presume so um, he's one of our newest subscribers so thank you very much Stephen if you're listening uh, he said that he's discovered the podcast and he's enjoying it so far and uh, he's going to tell all of his Seinfeld loving friends uh, about the show Yep, and that's uh, that's a message for everyone else to do it. Exactly. Please subscribe, you know, like us on Facebook, all that kind of stuff. And one other interesting thing that Stephen did, Stephen, <laughs> funnily enough... Are you in, talking to me or you, Fan Stephen? Fan Stephen, no. I'm talking to you in about Fan Stephen. Okay. But Fan Stephen, he actually broke down... He did a blog, and we're going to put the link on our show notes. Uh, he broke down all of the live events featured in Seinfeld. This includes sports, theatre, and concerts in a blog. I know. And he, he broke it down. Independent. So, for example, he's got sections. I've got it open at the moment. So he's got ones, for example, where where there's references to concerts like Metallica and Paul Simon, which were you know in episodes. Uh, games like the Super Bowl, New York Giants, New York Mets, New York Yankees, New York Knicks games. Like what episodes they appeared in. The limo. The yeah yeah. The Olympics is referenced. I think a couple of times in a couple of episodes. Yeah. And it even mentions when the opera. You know, when they went to the opera and what kind of things they were. Anything where they're watching any other person doing a thing is probably on this blog. Yeah, yeah. It's just like live stuff. You know, piano recitals. I'm, I'm just going through the whole list. I'll be honest, I haven't had much of a look at it yet. No. But um, I do want to and I am going to. But uh, yeah, from what I've seen of it and what you've told me about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, amazing work, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. excellent details. You are Stephen. the better Stephen. <laughs> 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 Hang on, does he spell his name with a V or a PH? I think it's PH. 
Excellent. Yeah. He's definitely the better Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say, if it was V, it'd be like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. That's not the biblical spelling. No, no, no. no. You've got the proper That's spelling. That's like the, the, like the modern spelling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> La-dee-da. Indeed. So thank you very much, Stephen, <laughs> from, um, uh, I presume, North America. Um, yeah. So thanks for getting in touch. Thank you for subscribing. And we're definitely going to put the link in our show notes. So if you want to have a read, have a read. And uh, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, thanks Great. for getting in touch. It was really cool. Yeah, and really uh, yeah, cool. I look forward to actually diving into your to your blog properly when I get some time. Yeah, and thanks for other fans as well who you know left us comments on Facebook and Instagram and tweets and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, it's a few too many to mention, but uh, some people still kept in touch with us over the holidays. So, yeah, uh, thanks. We really no. appreciate it. Indeed, no, it's always nice. So uh, yeah, why don't we do some Seinfeld news? Love it. So to kick off 2018 uh, and Seinfeld news uh, for the new year, a pretty big one to start off with and a pretty cool one. So comedians and cars getting coffee. Yes. Probably the only thing other than B-movie and I guess comedian that Seinfeld has done since Seinfeld, (laughs) really, and his live shows. Yeah, of course. Probably his second biggest project he's ever been involved with. Mm -hmm. Um, That has finally debuted on Netflix. Thank goodness. I'm going to subscribe now and, well, I'm going to add it to my list and watch it. On yeah. Netflix. Yeah, when yes. you get around to it. Oh, when I do, when I when I've watched like ten other shows. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh man. God. Yeah. Uh, too many. It's too many. That's the thing. When there's like, it, it's the second golden age of television. Yeah. It's just so many good shows. You know? know. You finish one season, you're like, great. Five new good shows come out, and it's like, no. I find it's this sort of duality of emotion because you feel good that you're watching something that's really good. You think, oh, cool, I'm I'm appreciating, you know, a well-directed show or a well-acted show. But then for me, there's also this guilt of like, well, I'm not dedicating this time to another good show that I might like. Yeah, it's just, I know. It's just that classic overwhelmed with choice. It's like when you go to the supermarket. Well, this is a this is a constant struggle for me because I love fucking peanut butter so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now there's just so many different types of peanut butter. When I was a kid, it was just craft, you know, <laughs> home brand, home brand. <laughs> yeah, black and, and gold, black and gold. <laughs> And then, you know, yeah. maybe Dick Smith's peanut butter. And it was crunchy and smooth. <laughs> Eat Dick's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and then, you know, and then like extra crunchy came out. And it's like, okay, well, that's about the limit of my ability to choose. And now there's like organic peanut butter and dark roasted and oily and this and that. And I'm like, it's all good. I'm glad there's more peanut butter. Yeah, there's more variety. There's more variety, mm-hmm. but it's still a stressful, you know. <laughs> exercise. A stressful exercise. Yeah, of course. This is how privileged I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed with peanut butter choices. Oh, we all are. But I'm still going to whinge about it. Unless you have a nut allergy, then you're like, oh, I hate it all. Well, then it's just a moot point. <laughs> yeah. It's just redundant. <laughs> True <laughs> that. <laughs> anyway, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. It debuted on Netflix uh, around the world, actually, not just in Australia. So wherever you are listening to this, uh, if you subscribe to Netflix, uh, it should be available to you. Uh, on January 5, it came out. So uh, just a bit of background on why Comedians and Cars uh, is on Netflix. Uh, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee on Netflix is on Netflix. Um, Last year, as as was pretty well covered, Seinfeld struck a deal with Netflix for $100 million. That's right. We did mention that last year. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And that deal included two specials uh, delivered by Seinfeld to Netflix, one which we've already done back in season two. We reviewed uh, Jerry before Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the right. second one is coming out later in the year. Yep. It also included the already existing series of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, which I believe there are nine of, and also a tenth season, which is currently being produced and will be released on Netflix later in the year. Cool. We did cover that sort of sporadically in Seinfeld News as as episodes um, 
sort of came to light. I yep. think there's one with Dave Chappelle. Yeah, that's right. I'm pretty sure there's going to be one with David Letterman mm-hmm. and a couple mm-hmm. of others. Uh, All the famous American comedians. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, I mean, at this stage, after nine seasons, if there's a famous comedian that exists, they've probably been on it, you know. So... Uh, I did watch the. I've never actually watched it before, except the President Obama one. Yeah. Or former President Obama. Right. Um, and I watched the first two, and one was with Jerry. Uh, sorry, uh, Jimmy Fallon, and the other was with Jim Carrey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, and they were both actually really good. Better than I expected. Nice. I thought it would be a bit boring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, really cool actually. Nice. Uh, I did want to make note as well that they didn't include two. Ep- uh, they didn't pick up two episodes from Crackle, who were the original network, the digital network that Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee was uh, was on. They didn't include the Louis C.K. episode for for obvious reasons yeah. after all of the accusations last year. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, they didn't include the Jason Alexander episode. Oh, maybe he maybe didn't it, like it. Or maybe he didn't maybe want it. Maybe there's a copyright issue or... With Jason Alexander? I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know. I tried to figure out why. Like, the Louis C.K. one is self-explanatory. Maybe it got lost in syndication. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They lost them the video. <laughs> yeah. So, is there an episode missing? No. There, yeah. were, there were two Louis C.K. ones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's why there's two missing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he drinks two coffees a day. So, yeah. we just do two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, That's what uh, yeah, and that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Fantastic. But, uh, there'll be plenty more throughout the year, no doubt. Indeed. This is But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This is the premiere of Season 3 of the podcast, and this week we haven't even mentioned what episode we're I doing. I just realised that. Yeah. I was like, we haven't even mentioned what episode we're doing. We have not. An episode, or Season 9 episode, rather. It's Episode 14 of Season 9, The Strong Box, with yeah. a couple of uh, pretty pretty funny subplots, I think. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a weird episode. Not yeah. weird, it's just... Uh, it's a bit more loose. Yeah, in other you can tell it's definitely a season nine yeah, episode. It's a you bit know, more zany. Yeah, in some ways, a, a lot more dark. Yeah, a lot more things happen, and yeah. and, and and Kramer and Jerry they just do the most despicable thing. Oh, for sure, <laughs> which we'll no doubt get into. We sure will. So the secondary characters we'll talk about after this break. Uh, George's episode girlfriend, Mora, who I think was fantastic. Uh, Jerry's new neighbour, Phil, who uh, gets off on the wrong foot with Jerry. Uh, Glenn, Elaine's episode boyfriend. And Loretta, who is George's love interest. And as usual, I've got a few uh, extra secondary characters, the more obscure ones. Indeed. In my ongoing mission to mention every secondary character that appears. That's right. Even if they don't physically appear in the episode, <laughs> they'll still get a mention. Nice. And then later on in the episode, as we do at the end of each one, we find out if the strong box is in our top 10 episodes of all time or uh, where it sits in our current episodes, and if any secondary characters make our top 10 of all time. <laughs> a.k.a. Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld, and I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. Yeah, man. We're back with Season 3 of Bidwa Basque. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And we're going all the way to Season 9 for our premiere. Usually, uh, well, I thought we would have done like an earlier one to, to kick off Season 3, but uh, no, we thought, well, let's go Season 9. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Episode 14, and that's The Strong Box. A very uh, different episode, if you will. 
Even the title's a bit weird. Mm. Everything in this episode, it's it's Seinfeld, but it's just a bit weird. I didn't know what a strong box was until I watched the episode. I was like, oh, that's a strong box. It's a safe. Isn't it funny, though, how, how Jerry and George think that it's a cooler? Yeah. It actually looks like a cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it even it looks like it has, like, the fiberglass, like, interior yeah, in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could definitely throw a couple of beers in there. Probably. Yeah. And then yeah. no one would touch them. They'd be yeah. locked up. Yeah. Just, just don't just don't put your key in a <laughs> In, in a like, my cage. jacket or in the birdcage. Yeah. Poor Fredo. <laughs> Fredo the parrot. Oh, Fredo. R.I.P. Fredo. Mm. So, episode synopsis of The Strong Box. First aired in the US on February 5th, 1998. Written by Dan O'Keefe and Billy Kimball. Directed by Andy Ackerman. George tries to break up with his girlfriend, Maura, who's played by Alex Cap. Uh, she's credited as Alex Cap Horner in the episode, but she doesn't agree to it. I, I love it. Like, you know, the opening scene when George is like, I think we should break up. And then Maura just goes, no. No. <laughs> Just makes me laugh. What? Yeah, just just, just how like, yeah. just how deadpan it is. Yeah, just I love not... how. Yeah, I just love how deadpan she's like. Yeah. No. and then and then he tries like every reason just, to break yeah. up with her. I just and then love she's George's just like, resignation. No. Just all right, <laughs> yeah. okay. And then Jerry and George talk the next day, and he's like, "So what did you do? I always fooled around, and went to see a movie." Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> you don't need to both agree to the breakup. It's not like the submarine where you, well, both, you both have to turn, have to turn the turn keys. keys. Yeah. <laughs> turn your key, Mora. I won't. <laughs> I don't think I can do that, George. Yeah, I did think the scenes between uh, George and Mora were probably the best. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely, definitely the best. And I was saying before, I love the George subplot, and I love the Kramer subplot. Yeah. They're both funny. Yeah. The rest, I found, was a bit... Like, the Elaine yeah. one was there. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. We'll get into it, though. We will, yeah. We'll talk about Glenn. Yeah, we will. <laughs> Glenn, he's uh, he's interesting. Uh, Jerry's excited to meet Jerry Lewis at an upcoming roast at the Friars Club, and he hopes to use his cufflinks that Lewis wore in the film Cinderfella as an icebreaker. George says, you both have the same name. Jerry! Yeah, you don't Jerry's not very links. impressed by that. No, by that, by that in <laughs> to meet Jerry Lewis. Yeah, because yeah, okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's like no, the cufflinks or nothing. Yeah, Elaine's new boyfriend Glenn, played by Nicholas Walker, puzzles and intrigues her with his secretive behaviour. Kramer obtains a strong box to protect his valuables after a spate of robberies in the building and needs a place to hide his key where only he knows about it. But every time he tries to put it in a new place, Jerry finds the key. I love how Kramer's so confident in his key hiding abilities that. He doesn't like he blames. He thinks that Jerry's snooping for yeah, it. Yeah, but they're he in the most obvious places. Yeah, yeah. it's not. It, he can't just admit that he sucks at hiding the key. Yeah, it's always Jerry's fault for snooping. My favourite one is when he puts it in a drawer and then yeah. Jerry finds it in like half a second. It was under a spoon. It was under a spoon. <laughs> it's like and yeah, and then his intercom's you know broken yeah, and he, yeah, yeah. he goes Kramer. You and Kramer can... just walks in. Yeah, yeah. You put this key in the intercom and it's jammed my intercom. <laughs> so good. Yeah, no, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and that's funny. It's a good, a uh, good. Um, into, what is it? It's a good uh, thing. Plotline? Plotline, yeah. 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 It's a good thing. It's a good thing. And stuff. You like stuff? Yep. George tries again to break up with Maura, even going as far as listing all the reasons why they shouldn't be together. But he says these off screen. I just love when it, when the scene cuts in and he's like, and these are the reasons why I think we should break up. So thank you and good night. Good night. night. And he opens the door and she just goes, nope. 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 <laughs> And he just resigns, and then she goes, "Ew, app, ooh, Mr. Apple, you have a brown spot." Yeah, brown spot. And George just goes, "Oh, I hate when she talks to her food." Oh, yeah. Mr. Spaghetti. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while downstairs, Jerry refuses to let his new neighbor Phil into the building. He's played by Louis Mustillo, as he thinks he's a stranger. This makes Jerry feel uncomfortable around Phil when he finds out that they live on the same floor. You live here? Yep. <laughs> yep. You live on my floor? Yep. <laughs> yep. You live right there? Yep. Yep. 
<laughs> Elaine sees a mystery woman who Glenn tries to avoid on the street, deducing that it could be his wife. She goes to the, his apartment and finds that he's poor and on welfare. The lady's revealed to be his welfare officer, Miss Smoth, played by Mary Shear. She tries to bribe Glenn with new oh, Elaine tries to bribe Glenn with new furniture to buy herself out of the relationship, and soon discovers that Glenn is married to Alison, played by Rosie Malek Yonan. George tries to deliberately get caught with another woman at Monk's named Loretta, who fancies George, played by Ileana Douglas. And, and Ileana Douglas is one of those actresses who I've seen in so many things. But, okay. You know, I've seen her in so many things, mm. but I never knew her name. Okay. You know, like, you just, she just has that look. You know, I've just seen her in many things. I think... It's crazy. I think the wife that's credited is actually Phil's wife. Yeah. Not, not Glenn's wife. Oh, Phil's wife? Yeah. Oh, Alison's... Yes, sorry, Alison is Glenn's, Glenn's wife. Yes, Glenn's my wife. mistake. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I was looking at my notes going, <laughs> what? No. Huh? Yeah, no, yeah. Alison is Glenn's wife, and she's played by Rosie Malek Yonan. Yeah. No, no, Alison's played by, played by Bonnie McNeil. Oh. Phil's wife is played by, is played by Rosie Malek Oh, my mistake. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, all good. There's <laughs> a lot of wives in this episode. Yeah, there so it is, yeah. Fine. It can be a bit tricky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Basically, yeah, so George tries to get deliberately caught with Loretta and once again tries to end the relationship with Mora, but both ladies refuse as they believe they can work through this deception. I've been caught in a web of lies. Yeah. I've ruined three lives. I love, I love his fake drama. Yeah, I know, it's fantastic. Very Shakespearean. Yeah. Kramer reveals that he left the strong box key in Phil's parrot's food bowl. The parrot dies and is buried at the pet cemetery, and Jerry's cufflinks are in the box. And they go out to dig up the grave to obtain the key. Phil and his wife find Jerry doing this, which adds to his dislike of Jerry and that's the disgusting depraved thing that I was talking about trying to dig up a parrot's grave it's pretty fucked up pretty fucked up indeed <laughs> I love I love in the, in the credit scene it's revealed at the end of the episode that the strong box was unlocked the whole time yeah so frustrating I know and then Jerry's like oh, uh, you know he's trying, to, he's trying to make amends with Phil and he's like oh I'll just I'll just go through the fire escape you yeah. know he's done enough you yeah. know when you when you leave a bad impression from someone and then you, it's just a comedy of errors like you yeah. try everything to try and yeah, you get just, your, their you trust just, and yeah, it's like it. dig up but you're just digging down yeah. you're just digging yourself further down that hole Jer Jerry ironically was digging himself a grave in the pet cemetery <laughs> definitely <laughs> <laughs> figuratively and yeah. metaphorically I think it might have been like a literal plot device or a figurative yeah. one he yeah. was digging his own grave yeah for Phil well he was digging up a bird's grave but yeah, yeah. but it's his own metaphorical yeah, grave yeah yeah I never <laughs> yeah. thought of that but that would make sense that's right other secondaries include our mate Ruthie Cohen in an uncredited appearance. She appears uh, in George's scene with the two ladies. Yep. Yes. Bit of trivia about the episode. Uh, Kramer mentions that he was in the army. And Stephen, did you know that Michael Richards was drafted into the US Army in 1970? I did not. No. He was trained as a medic stationed in West Germany before he was honourably discharged. Huh. So it was a real-life event. Right. For uh, Michael it's Richards. Cl not classified like Kramer's uh, <laughs> army history. That's classified. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Strong Box is one of only two episodes where Jerry's seen using his computer in the apartment. Yeah, that's right. He sits mm. down and you don't actually see him using it. He's but he's about to use it, yeah. And then, and then Kramer gets attacked by Fredo, the parrot. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he comes back in. That's right. Uh, the other episode is The Stall, which is in season five. Okay. Yes. Um, and a bit of trivia about Cinderella. So you're probably wondering, who's Jerry Lewis? Who's Cinderella? So Jerry Lewis was a comedian from the 50s and 60s. Yeah. Uh, he passed away last year, actually. That's in right. In his 90s. Uh, he was an advocate, I think, for, was it muscular dystrophy? I think, I he, think uh, he so. raised... I don't him. really know a lot about him. I think he but raised like a billion dollars. He's considered to be one of the most influential 
entertainers ever oh. in any in any you know TV's movie yep. music whatever yeah you know people like Jim Carrey yep inspired by Jerry Lewis yeah he was just like the slapstick comedy king I've back heard, in the day I've heard that he was a total asshole though no, just he probably a, was. like a total prick not just you know a bit of a diva or a bit difficult but just a genuine shitty person he probably mellowed out in his older years you yeah. know he did all that charity work he raised like a billion dollars wow for I think it was motor neuron disease or okay. muscular dystrophy it was one of those kind of things right he raised a lot of money over the I don't years. really know much about him I've never mm. paid much attention to him yep. I just know of him more yeah. than him himself so yeah my uncle owns all his DVDs right so I kind of know some of his movies was that his main thing comedy yeah comedy yeah so he wasn't an actor he no. was it was a stand up comedian no 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 he was, he was a comedic actor oh right he was like Jim Carrey you know, like Jim Carrey. Okay. Jim Carrey was inspired by Jerry Lewis. Right. Gotcha. That kind of. If you watch Jim Carrey, like his old movies, like Dumb and Dumber and The Mask, yep. it's kind of like Jerry Lewis kind of humor. So he's like a real physical comedian. Yeah. Really. Physical, and he's got like a high voice, okay. and he talks like this. Right. Yeah. It's just yeah. very. Yeah. I just don't know much about him. No, it's okay. Well, Cinderella is one of his most uh, famous movies, 1960 comedy film, uh, and it's basically a story in the same vein as Cinderella. Lewis plays the title role as fella who's left at the mercy of his evil stepmother and stepbrothers instead okay. of stepsisters right. stepsisters uh, he's sent by his fairy godmother to a fancy ball to try and fall in love with princess charmaine <laughs> 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 yeah that's played by carly minogue <laughs> oh, probably <laughs> <laughs> but she went off with scott yeah that's right <laughs> exactly do you get that reference mm, maybe did you ever watch Neighbours? Oh, yeah, yeah, Scott and Charlene. Yeah. Charlene. There's a good band from Melbourne, actually, called Scott and Charlene's Wedding. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, on a side note. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Are they still around? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, cool. Mm. Yeah, so that's Cinderella. Okay. That's the film, in case you're wondering what that is. And mm. uh, that's trivia about the strong box. Shall we get cracking on the secondaries? Yeah, why not? Let's start with... Maura. Yes. Played by Alex Cap. She's known for appearances in Two and a Half Men and Maggie Winters, the TV series. Uh, she was also in a main role alongside Julia Louis-Dreyfus in The New Adventures of Old Christine, which I was uh, Julia's sitcom in the mid-2000s. Yeah, I think it was her first major series after Seinfeld. That's right, yes. She broke the Seinfeld curse. I think she won an Emmy or a Golden Globe for yeah. her performance. Yeah, yep. and that yep. broke it. Uh, yeah, so Alex Cap played a main role in that sitcom mm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, very interesting. I think with Maura, you know how she you know she doesn't want to break up with george or whatever but she talks to her food i think she's a kindergarten teacher okay i think you know like when you hang around children all the time you know you're like oh mr spaghetti you know yeah. you make sure you eat your spaghetti you make it big and strong so do you think the way that she would be talking to children at work would sort of influence the way she talks to inanimate objects in her private life it might it might seep into her personal life yeah. maybe I think she's been, she's been doing it for a long time okay. maybe like 10-15 years that's an interesting yeah, take yeah and then she just you know sometimes bits of like your work like if, if you if you're a particular profession some of your that work aspect seeps into your private life your personal life yeah so maybe she just, you know, every day she's like feeding the kids or looking after them and she's like, oh, here comes mm. the aeroplane, yeah. you know, and then, yeah. or she's just a very playful person. Yeah. But I think when it comes to relationships, I think she's just more serious. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, it makes sense because she's very controlling. She, yeah. you know, she dictates the terms of their relationship. Even when George, who has every right to break up with her if he wants to. Yeah. He can't be forced to be in the relationship. She no. just goes, no, that's um, it. Yeah, I mean, even George goes as far as pretending he's having an affair with yeah. another woman and she sees the other woman. And, well, I mean, and he starts an he affair. Starts it's an a affair. Non, yeah, it's no, a non-sexual no, affair, but not, it's still an but affair. But it's something. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, if, if most women saw that, they'd think, you fucking asshole. Anyone would. You know, I'm yeah. seeing you again. Yeah. Where she's like, oh, we can work through it. Yeah. It's like, oh. And they both agree together. They've never met each other and they're both just 
immediately comfortable yeah. with the idea of both. She's, you know, she's your main squeeze. I know. And she's your torrid love affair. Yeah, but that's both just like, yeah. yeah, okay, we can we can figure yeah. this out. But the torrid love affair wants something more. And maybe, she doesn't want sex. Maybe <laughs> maybe it worked out with George. Maybe he ended up in a, you know, in a love triangle. Love triangle, he, yeah. You know, mm. Use Mora for the sex and Loretta for the affection. Yeah, maybe. I guess. Or, yeah, maybe got real kinky. Who knows? Who knows? You know, maybe they all benefited from it. <laughs> that reminds me of that episode, um, The Switch. You know, when Jerry tries yeah. to get the different housemate and George suggests the menage a trois. Yeah. George probably thought, Jerry screwed it up last time. I'm not screwing it up. The second opportunity. <laughs> That's it. The second coming, so to speak. That was good. That yeah. was good. And that'll be in our clip show <laughs> for season three. Yeah, put it aside already. Absolutely. Yeah, I. it's an interesting take that you said kindergarten teacher because that, to me, would make sense because she's very controlling. And if you're a kindergarten teacher, you're in charge of, you know, a bunch of kids who are sort of three, four, five years old. Yeah. And you've got to be in control. You know, you're responsible for these kids' well-being. And if we assume that her professional mode of talking, you know, seeps into her private life, I guess it would make sense that her personality is the same in her private life mm. as it is in her professional life. Yeah. To add to that, and mm. I think it sort of plays in with the whole idea, is that I always thought that she was a... I, I think that she was a single child. Okay. Yep. The fact that she talks to her food mean would to me mean that maybe in her in her younger days, you know, in her her, her childhood and her teenage years, maybe she had imaginary friends. Maybe she was able to communicate with, uh, you know, things that aren't people. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It just. It just. It just. It just made sense to me that she was a single child based based on the fact that she talked to her food like it was a person. Yeah. You know and. In my personal life, I've known people who uh, were single children and they exhibited similar-ish kind of behaviours where, you know, they'd talk to their animals like they were people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they would refer to their animals as, as children rather mm-hmm. than pets. And that's yep. fine. Like, mm. that's totally okay. But it just reminded me of those people and they happened to be single children because they didn't have, you know, a, a sibling to talk to or they might not have had much of a social circle when they yeah, were kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And they could have, yeah, I guess, done that or maybe had an imaginary friend and... Yeah, did their own thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. and that yeah. sort of just you know it evolved into what she does now as an adult, <laughs> which is talk to her food yeah. in that way. Mm. Yeah, and maybe just reinforced by that's by the fact that that she would talk to her kids that way at, mm. at, at kindergarten. But the thing that interests me or intrigues me about Mora, like I really liked her character. Yeah, you know, she was really, really like she was deadpan ninety nine percent of the time, mm. but she, she just. Uh, you know, Alex Cap just delivered it so no, well. No, she was really good. She was really good. Great, great acting. The thing that gets me is like she's, you know, she talks to her food like it's, you know, like she talks to inanimate objects. Yeah. But why is she so deadpan if she tries to break up with someone? And like they try to break up with her and then suddenly she's like, no. Maybe I kind of had something kind of like, uh, like yeah. about that. That's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, what is it with her? I, think, I was trying to think about it. I think she's been through a series of bad relationships. Right. And she's at a point where she just wants to hold on. Right. So instead of trying to sort of emotionally figure out you know, like communicate her way into convincing someone to stay in a relationship, it's easier for her to just go, no. Mm. You know, rather than discuss it or negotiate it or let it evolve naturally, you mm. know, that's that's fallen over for her many times. And now she's just at a point where she just wants to retain control because she doesn't want to lose someone again. Yeah. So she just goes, no. And that, and again, that would tie back into her maybe more controlling nature. Um, you know, if she's a kindergarten teacher... Hmm, that, that's maybe. what I had. Maybe. You know, that she's just at a point now where she just doesn't want to lose another boyfriend and it's easier to just go, no, <laughs> just put her foot down in a deadpan way rather than try and sort of, you know, 
talk about it like a, like a person. <laughs> I could imagine her at the kindergarten. The kid comes up, can I have another ice cream? Nope. No. <laughs> She's like, what? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Turn, turn your key, miss. Yeah. No. Nope. I won't turn my key. I just love the pause before she says no. Yeah, yeah. You know, like George that makes just, That just case. gets me every George time. George makes his case and she just goes, nope, that's no. not happening. It just gets like, it just gets me every time. It's pretty good. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so well good. done. Yeah. It's great. That's why I love I love that subplot. Yeah. So no, it's, yeah, it was it was weird, but um, yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. It really worked. Me too. Yeah, I me liked too. the character too. Yeah, me too. Yep. Next one is Phil, uh, played by Louis Mustillo. Uh, he's guest starred in over 50 episodes of TV and he's appeared in 20 films. Yeah, I had uh, the the credit that uh, jumped out at me the most was Married with Children. Oh, I nice. love that show. Me too. <laughs> the no pig. Uh, no pig. <laughs> well, first thing uh, with Phil, he's obviously a bird lover. Yes, and I think kind of in a way related to what we said about Mora, um, he I think he treats his 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 bird and maybe other animals in his past or in his present like kids. Yeah, I think it's like a child to him, not just a pet, not just a companion. But, yeah, you know part of his family definitely yeah yeah and uh, he, he'd be what in his 40s yeah at the time of the episode yeah like yeah. early early to mid 40s i'd say yeah i think him and his wife uh who's just credited well she's credited as wife but she's actually called mrs phil mrs. by jerry phil. you know and he's apologizing <laughs> yeah he says, phil i'm really sorry i'm sorry too mrs phil yeah, mrs phil <laughs> so i'm gonna yeah. call her mrs phil mrs phil nice <laughs> and I, I love how she's wearing like the bandana around her head yeah. she's like oh you can get your maid to you know that's you, my you, wife you, yeah i think we're done here i think we're done here. he just keeps getting his foot in it i know jerry he just he's digging his grave yeah his, his metaphorical grave even more i think this is one of the only times where you see jerry genuinely feel bad for fucking up yeah like he he genuinely cares about the fact that he's sort of mildly screwed over this person time and time again yep. by locking him out of his building or leaving him out of his building, you know, mistaking his, his wife for a maid and then digging up a parrot. Yeah. He sort of, I don't know, It's he shows actual human emotions. He's like, oh, I fucked up and I should yeah. feel bad for it. It's only happened a couple of times. I yeah, think. yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's more than once too, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, that was a nice nice little character, um, you know, evolution for Jerry. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't last, though. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> he just becomes his crazy self again. Yeah. yeah. Do you, I wanted to ask you, do you think Phil... I, I understand why he would be incensed, but do you think he... Assuming that, um, you know, he was, say, mm. left outside for half an hour or whatever. Yeah. Do you think... And they're all wearing jackets, so it's probably pretty cold. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Do you think he was overreactive, though? Do you think his his reaction and his obvious, um, you know, uh, disdain for Jerry after that was justified? I'm not talking about the parrot digging up. Like that's fine. Like no, that's no, fair. No, that that's bad. But but even like you know when he's very cold to Jerry mm. after you know just being left outside. And I think Jerry's concerns are fair. Yeah. You know, quite especially fair. if there's been a bunch of robberies. Like mm. you got to you know you don't want to take that risk. Yeah. I I sort of take Jerry's side in that moment. Hmm. But do you think his his rea- his reaction is a bit too much towards Jerry? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's probably a very vindictive kind of guy. Yeah. He probably like if you rub him the wrong way, he'll probably just he holds a grudge. Holds grudges. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah. Yeah, he's not he's not the forgiving type. No. Yeah. No. Mm. Yeah, I just I just got this feeling that he just always seems like yeah he he just overreacts a bit yeah you know i mean if if that was if you did that to me and i was a bit pissed <laughs> off but then you came to me two days later and you know and i could tell that you were trying to apologize yeah and that you just made a mistake and you know it, it was it was it, it wasn't a it wasn't a personal malicious mistake you just you know you mm. you mm. you know you were just trying to look after the security of your building yeah yeah 
you know, I'd be a bit pissed off, but I would understand. I'd forgive you, but he just seems unforgiving. Yeah, yeah. pretty unforgiving guy. But I don't. I think Jerry was just being cautious. Yeah, he didn't want to get robbed. No, I didn't. I didn't blame Jerry at all. Mm. You know. So um, I also noticed as well, he's very loving towards his wife. I oh think yeah, he, he I is. Think yeah, his wife are very tight. Are very tight. Yeah. yeah, and especially I think because the parrot brought them together, and then Definitely. the parrot dies. You know, Kramer unintentionally kills the parrot. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, know, one of the most careless things he's ever done. Oh, he's ever done. Oh, I hid it in the in Fredo's food, oh. and then Jerry puts two and two together. He's like, "Hang on, oh no, what did you think was going to happen? You put a key in a in a in a bird cage. <laughs> like what? What else? Oh, God. I love when they're in the pet cemetery and Kramer's like, "I'm going to try and find. I heard Lassie the third's buried here. I'm going to try and I'm find it. Check it out. And then he stumbles on another tombstone <laughs> as he's walking <laughs> off. It's like. Uh, yeah, but I yeah, that that's definitely digging up a crave of a parrot is the most despicable thing I think they've ever done. Yeah, I'd say it's up there. Yeah, because Jerry's like, you dig, and then Kramer's like, if you if I dig, you got to take out the key. Yep, you got to cut it out the key, and he's like, all right, I'll dig. All right, I'll dig. All right, I'll dig. Yeah, and he never met Jerry Lewis. No, poor Jerry. He didn't deserve to after that. No, he didn't. No, <laughs> shit. Boy. I don't believe in karma, but if it existed, then that would be karma. Poor Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Phil. Poor Fredo. Poor Fredo. Yep. <laughs> not poor Jerry. No, not poor Jerry. No. Should we take a quick break and uh, we'll talk about Glenn and Loretta and maybe a few other minor characters? Sounds good. All right, you're on. But I'd want to be a secondary character with Ivan and Stephen for season three of the podcast. It happened again. Another robbery in the building. So you bought a cooler? It's a strong box to protect my irreplaceables. And what would those be? Some taxidermy that's been in my family for generations. My Tony, my military discharge. You were in the army? Briefly. I gotta find a good place to hide this key. Because if somebody finds this, they hold the key to all my possessions. Literally. Literally. So I think we should talk about Glenn now. I think we should. And Stephen, you know, you are the bear claw in the garbage bag of my life. Oh, Ivan. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh Glenn. Is it a bear, though? Yeah, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Literal bear claw. Yeah. <laughs> don't bear claws have custard in them? They've usually got egg in it. Probably couldn't yeah, eat it. Probably couldn't Thanks, eat though. it. Thanks, though. That's okay. You can get vegan sweets, though. Yeah, of course you can. Donuts? They, they're usually vegan. They're everywhere. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, sorry. Glenn was played by Nicholas Walker, and I couldn't find any credits mm. to do with him. A few. He was in Austin Powers, Spy Who Shagged Me, the second yep. film. Yeah, I don't know what role I didn't bother checking. Mm. And he was in Battlestar Galactica, A Second Coming. Huh. <laughs> Another second coming. <laughs> second time I've said that. Um, and in, very <laughs> in this episode, I mean. Um, yeah, Starring but, Mora? Yeah, exactly. And uh, Loretta on the side. And Loretta. Yeah. And George, he makes a cameo appearance. He sure does. Turns up. He does. And do you know, Stephen, Nicholas Walker, he hasn't had an acting credit since 2003. There you go. Yeah. That's okay. why you haven't seen much on him. Right. Hmm. When I say I haven't seen much on him, what I mean is that he didn't have a Wikipedia page. No. Oh, he <laughs> had IMDb. Okay. I don't yeah. usually look that, that no. far. It's all right. Yeah. First thing I think about uh, Glenn, he's very cocky. He's very confident. Mm. Do you think he used to be wealthy, like Wall Street, and then he uh, 
fell flat in his face and he became homeless I, and very frugal. I had something similar to that. Mm-hmm. I don't think he used to be super wealthy. Right. But I think he used to be, you know, middle class. He, mm. he was, he, at some point in his life, he wasn't poor. Mm. And then something happened and then he became poor. Because the thing that got me was he seems quite dashing. Yeah. You know, with his hairstyle and his look. He's very yeah. charming. Very charming very man. Suave. And I thought maybe he used to work on Wall Street or he used to okay. be a banker or a businessman and then well, what one I thing led to another. Maybe he was a salesman. You know, maybe. he's got that sort of slick attitude he makes you comfortable yeah and i think the reason he lost all of his money or became poor whatever happened i think he had a gambling problem okay i don't know that just struck me as a possibility okay that he you know he had money whether he had lots of it or enough to just live a comfortable sort of middle classy sort of lifestyle yeah he yeah he had a gambling problem and he got into some debt and you know it it downgraded Mm. his life yeah, it's just funny how Elaine meets him and he's like a mystery man. So yeah. he's like, what's he tra-? she's like, what's he trying to hide? Yeah. Is he married? Which I actually I think is kind of cool, the fact that he, even though he's a bit of a slime bucket because yeah. he's cheating on his wife and he's sort of, he's misrepresenting who he is yeah. in his life, yeah. he's still retaining, you know, his old sense of self. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think a lot of people, if they were living at a certain level of life and then some bad shit happened and they, you know, they had to, they became wretchedly poor. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that would that would give you a pretty big knock to your confidence. Mm-hmm. But he's still got that confidence at a suave salesman attitude, which I think is nice in its in its own way. Yeah. The fact that he's still kind of himself, mm-hmm. if that's who he was in his previous yeah. more uh, affluent life. Or could we say that he was like always poor or in a working class? I guess no. could we say that or no? He he fell. He went down in the dumps. He hit yeah. rock bottom. Yeah, it do- yeah. He 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 doesn't come across as someone who, you know, was born into a poor background and has just remained poor, like you know, generational sort of poverty. Right. I think it's been like you said and like like I said, where he was he had money, whether he was rich or he had more money than he did. What amount is you know doesn't really matter. Yeah. And he's lost all of it or most of it, mm-hmm. and now he's had to downgrade his lifestyle. Sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, very interesting. And I think his wife—he's probably always been married to his wife, and she suffered as well. Yeah, she I stuck th- by him. Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe, she, maybe she lost their money. Maybe you know, maybe, mm. maybe she had no reason to leave him. You yeah. know, if he gambled yeah. their money away, maybe it was her. Maybe you know, maybe she was the cause of everything. Yeah, dun, dun. maybe it was combined. And it's funny how he's so frugal. Like he'll find like an old wooden chair, and he's like, "Oh, we got <laughs> some firewood." I think this will burn. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jerry goes, is he wear like a barrel with straps around it? <laughs> yeah. And Elaine's like, he'd just break it up and burn it for firewood. <laughs> I so must true. admit, I wasn't I wasn't a fan of like, you know, making fun of someone who's poor. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I you know, some of the jokes were pretty funny. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Lo- oh, I, lo- I love when when um, when Cra- when Jerry, you know, Jerry's bagging him. Oh, he's called the uh, the no green lantern yeah. or the no gut green Lantern. Got also. no green lantern. He got no green lantern. <laughs> <laughs> his checking account. He 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 swipes his tr- checking account in a single bounce. Yeah. <laughs> and then George is like pointing. He's like, yeah, good call. Good call. And then George would make you lowest loan. And then George. And then she's like, ah, George, very good, very yeah. smart. Good delivery. Or yeah. Well constructed. Yeah. Or well, well constructed. Something like that. Yeah. He just mocks him. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. I think I think if Glenn didn't turn out to be such a slime bag and be cheating on his wife, yeah, I'd feel more sorry for him in terms yeah. of like the other guys giving him shit <laughs> behind his back. Mm-hmm. But you know, he turned out to be a pretty pretty shit dude. So yeah, he did. Fucking. <laughs> and then the wife comes in. Who are you? Yeah. I guess I'm uh, Lois Lone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a twist I didn't see coming. Yeah, Lois like, Lone. I you know because you you would think that um, uh, Mrs. Smoth. 
or Smoth, however you pronounce it. Oh, the, the welfare officer. Yeah, the welfare yeah. case. Who we'll talk about? Yeah. Well, welfare case worker. Who we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. You know, you sort of like in terms of writing when when he sees her on the street, you think that she's going to be his wife or girlfriend, mm. and you think that Elaine's suspicions are going to come true. Yeah. That he's in a relationship. And then it's sort of, um, you know, it's a curveball. Oh, wait, she's just his welfare case worker. Yeah, yeah. And then he turns out to have a wife. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, I didn't... It was like a little twist. I liked it. Yeah, it's good. It's good writing. Very good writing. Yeah. Anything else on Glenn? Um, one thing I thought is I think he is a good bargain hunter. I oh, think yeah, He's yeah. very, um, what's the word? Uh, thrifty. Thrifty. Yeah. That's right. Because um, he always, you know, considering he's apparently wretchedly poor, mm. uh, he dresses pretty well. He does, doesn't he? You know, for, for someone... So he's either got some of his old lives, you know, clothing and yep. stuff still still around, mm-hmm. um, or he's just a really good op shopper. Yeah. You know, he just goes op shopping and, and finds some good bargains, which is great. I fucking love op shopping. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. No, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I, f- I have complicated feelings towards Glenn. He's a shitbag, <laughs> but at the same time, he's obviously struggling in life. So and and of, he's somewhat likable. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. not... I don't know. As soon as you cheat on your wife, I'm like, any redeeming qualities, it's hard to... For me personally, it's hard for me to, to see someone in a positive light overall if they're, if they're fucking around on their significant other. But Elaine makes a good point. They don't do anything or they haven't done anything. But Doesn't still, matter. it's still... Yeah, know. still, yeah. He's, it does it regardless of, you know, whether they mm. fucked or not yeah. or whatever. Whatever. He's still dishonest towards his wife. Gotcha. That's not cool. No, nah, not That's cool. just not nice. Sucks, Glenn. You suck. You suck. All right. Loretta. Played by Ileana Douglas. She's known for appearing in the films To Die For and Message in a Bottle. And do you know, Stephen, she was nominated for an Emmy for Six Feet Under, the TV I, show. I did. Yeah, she was nominated for an Outstanding Guest Actress in a Drama Series in 2002. She played Angela okay. in an episode. Hmm. Yes. Did you watch Six Feet Under? No, I always wanted to. It's a really good show. I've seen the series finale, like the end okay. scene. It's so sad. Yeah. it's. A, I've only seen the first series, but it's so dark. Spoiler alert. No. no. No? Okay. No. I won't say anything. I'll watch it. I was going to tell you about the ending, but okay. No, it's no. cool. It's just, Fine. it's very macabre. Oh, very. Yep. Yeah. Uh, she obviously goes to a tanning salon, I think. No, she does. Definitely. Because yeah. even George says, you were in New York for winter. And, and then she, she goes, says, oh, I, was I was in, in Maine, Maine for a couple days. of days. Yeah. 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 And isn't Maine further north yeah. than New York? Like it is. Less towards sunny, Canada, yeah. And probably more cold. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's in winter. Yeah. It's okay. like I think in the I think in the is it in New England nor- northeast or something or Massachusetts somewhere yeah. in that somewhere in that part. region yeah. yeah northeast yep if I you're think. from Maine tell us what state you're in yeah or is Maine no a Maine state? is a state oh is it yes okay <laughs> you're in Maine tell us where it is yeah tell us please yep yeah I, no I think she's yeah she's uh, into tanning salons probably into doing a nails pedicures manicures yeah. that kind of thing for sure yeah and uh, she has a she has a love for George definitely she just has she said she's always fantasized about getting in bed with him hmm. and then George is like oh ha ha and then as they're about to go for it Loretta's like but I need something more like, I need you? more building I love George's like argument is like could you it'd really get me out of a really jam have a jam <laughs> and she goes I think we need to build on something and he goes great oh, more, more building, building. Oh, such a bastard <laughs> yeah I know more building Jesus uh, I know why do you think she's attracted to George well, I think is I think she's a secretary that George used to know, but okay. secretary always she always had an attraction to George. Do you think it's because maybe he just had a he had a more uh, you know like a higher position at the Yankees and she was attracted to that? Maybe I don't know if it was Yankees. Okay. Oh, it might have been. I don't know, but uh, she just I don't know. It's just something about him that she okay. liked. I don't know what you can see in George. No. <laughs> and I mean, it's not like she would just be physically attracted to him. She would have gotten to know him at 
you know, at whatever job they're at. Or so, do you think when he was working for the real estate agent in like season one and two, hmm. do you think maybe like because he was high flying, he was making money? Yeah, he drinking, was. He was less shit then. He too. was less shit then. He was actually quite, quite good, <laughs> quite a nice person. So, yeah. no, not, not, not quite nice, but you know what I mean. He was yeah, much better. Relatively than he was now. speaking, that's yeah, what, that's why he wasn't nice. He was just no. less shit. But maybe Loretta worked there because I don't think it says which office she worked okay. at. I don't think. I don't I think. Remember. I just assume the Yankees because that's the his Yankees. longest job in the in the in the show. Yeah, for sure. three or four seasons. Sure, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I I had a note, and this is probably a bit esoteric, but why not? I think potentially. Maybe she's attracted to him because maybe she can perceive that he's quite a weak person, as is demonstrated by by Mora. Yeah, you know, he just goes okay, right? He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't have any spine. Yeah, you know, when it comes to breaking up with of her, of course. Maybe she can perceive that personality trait, and and then some, she can dominate. I've got subconsciously <laughs> she wants to dominate George. Okay, yeah, you know, probably. But that that doesn't manifest through actual domination. It no, manifests no. through. Through, manipulation through well not even manipulation <laughs> but building something right. real mm. a real relationship mm-hmm. but her subconscious driver is to control him yeah maybe don't know yeah she wants to wear the pants yeah 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 okay so Makes she wants sense. to take off his pants <laughs> but only after they build after they build yeah, yeah. more well, building yeah Ugh, uh, more building building yeah that's all i had about loretta me too um yeah she didn't she wasn't into uh, she's only in what a couple of scenes yeah yeah i think uh you know eventually obviously george is free of both ladies as is his want yes. i think they remained really good friends i think so too i think they, they went out and had dinner together and yeah. movies and all yep. that kind of stuff they they saw eye to eye and they one, talked about george one thing that just came to mind maybe um maybe they became lovers <laughs> like Les- season <laughs> <laughs> yeah they convert women to lesbians yeah. <laughs> probably did you know you know, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Good on them. Good on them. As long as they're happy. As long as that's the main and they, thing. And they're both very similar people. Yeah. You know, imagine those two trying to break up with each other. It would just be like this. It would be like a, what's that physics uh, real? Uh, uh, an unstoppable force yeah. meets uh, an immovable uh, object. Yeah, yeah. Like the two can't coexist. No, they can't. Like two people that won't let the other break up with them. That's right. They try and break up with each other. It would just like... The universe will just implode. And then Loretta will say, oh, I slept with 10 other people. Yeah. Maura's like, we can work through it. Yeah, we can work through it. <laughs> it's like, and yeah, then it's there'd fine. be 12 people in the relationship and it would just get ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that movie with Kevin Spacey all those years ago called Pay It Forward? I remember that one? It. It's with Haley Joel Osment. He does like a good deed for someone and then that guy does a good deed for two other people and then I've those two it, people. It'd be it. like that, but with relationships. You start yeah. with two and then you... It just expand. It just expand. It's like this ridiculous a network. <laughs> network of, of like people who can't people. break up with each other. Exactly. Or don't let the others break up with them. Yeah. They're like in a polyamorous, <laughs> a multi-super polyamorous relationship. Oh, multi-amorous. <laughs> multi-amorous. Yeah, like it needs a new category because yeah. it's just so complicated. Indeed. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, um, uh, like a, like a pyramid scheme. You know, mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> yeah. A Ponzi scheme of people who won't break up with each other because they won't let them. Yeah. yeah. Love, love is the currency, not money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Control and love. And commitment. <laughs> and commitment. That's it. Now, and not being convinced of reasonable arguments to stop dating yeah. the other 50 odd people. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> lots of, uh, lots of people. Crazy. Uh, you, now you, uh, they were all the characters I had, but you, Stephen, you loved dissecting the very, I guess you say the tertiary characters. Yeah. So uh, tell us about them. Yep. So I have some notes on Mrs. Smoth. So she is Glenn's welfare caseworker. Uh, she only appears in one scene. Uh, she's played by Mary Shear. Um, she was uh, an actress, comedian, screen, uh, screen, screenwriter, mostly uh, most well-known for writing for Mad TV. Okay. Really good series. Yep. 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 Uh, I thought that uh, initially I liked her because, you know, she's obviously someone who wants to help out people less fortunate than yeah, her. Yeah, of course. It's a very noble quality yeah it is 
But when uh, when when Elaine answers the door and um, she says to Elaine that she's not the wife, that she's his caseworker. Yeah. And Elaine goes, ah, oh, so he's... And then she just goes, poor. And she has this real, oh, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I noticed that. Face, and I, I like, noticed oh. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. She just seemed a bit judgy and it's like, what, like this is your job. Yeah. You, you're, you're getting paid to help out people, you know, to make sure that they're okay and that they're doing okay. And then you judge them for being poor. I'm like, oh, that's not cool. No, you're, you're in the wrong occupation. Yeah. She probably thinks poor people are, like, inferior to her. Yeah. She's Maybe like, that's yeah. why she does it. Yeah. Maybe just to, you know, to feel superior <laughs> 40 Maybe. hours a week. You know, like, I'm better than all you poor scumbags. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Bobos. Yeah, it, it just, it was a real turn for me. Like, I liked her and then she did that. I'm like, oh, I don't really like you anymore. No. Yeah. Piss off. Yeah, so I, I my, my, my last note, my summary note is she's a bit of an asshole. Ah, uh, just a bit. Yeah, just a bit. Um, I also had notes on Alison, or a note. Yeah, and the note is that she's married to Glenn. Yeah, that's right. There's literally nothing else to work with. Yeah, that's it. And we spoke a bit about her. Like she could have been the one who made them all made them bankrupt. Yep, you know? potentially, or it could have been him. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I've also got Mrs. Phil, wife. <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> Phil. Mrs. Phil. Nice. Yep. Mrs. Uh, Phil. I I theorize that maybe she really likes cleaning. You know, she does it. You know, some people find cleaning very therapeutic. Yeah, I do okay. from time to time. I get in the mood. I'm like, I just want to clean the fucking house. I hate it. Yeah. Most <laughs> so of the much. time I'm like, oh, I'd rather live in my own filth. <laughs> Pretty much. I'd rather be a 30-something living like a teenager. I'd rather live like Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> Getting, you know, chairs for firewood and stuff. <laughs> That's the life. Simple. Definitely. Easy. Definitely. Sitting on milk crates. Yeah. What Fuck a life. Yeah. But I think she just really likes cleaning. I think it's her, you know, it's her meditation. And uh, she obviously loves Fredo the Parrot quite a lot. Of course. We've also got the cook. He is uh, the guy who... He doesn't say anything, and he's in the scene. Like, blink and you miss it. But he's the guy who throws the water Mm -hmm. uh, out, and it splashes on Elaine and Glenn. And he also throws the donuts in the bin. Yeah, that's right. That uh, Glenn picks through and gets the uh, the bear claw out of. That's right. Uh, He's played by a guy called Doug Senior. Yeah. Um, Weird, but that's his name. That's his name. Um, And he used to be a performer... Uh, he used to be a professional ice hockey player in Canada. Nice. There you go. There you go. Yep. And he had like one bit part in Seinfeld. Yep. There you go. Beautiful. Uh, couldn't find any other credits, so probably one bit part, yep. you know, in life. Yeah. And one thing about Fredo the Parrot, <laughs> I think it's the first animal we've done an analysis on. Yeah. It's not yeah. the first animal character in the show. No, no. But it's the first time yeah. that we've had notes about Fredo. It's a reference to The Godfather Part 2. Really? So when Fredo is Michael Corleone's, mm. you know, brother, he's more mm. like the wussy kind of brother, mm-hmm. you know, who tries to get Michael offed. Yeah. And then Michael finds out mm-hmm. and Fredo gets killed and swims with the fishies and all that. The oh, reference yeah. of them coming back into the apartment crying and say, saying, what's wrong? Fredo's dead. It's a reference to Godfather Part 2. Right. Didn't pick that up. Yeah. There you go. Mm. And Michael's in on it. He knows what's happened. Okay. Al Pacino's character is like, yep. That's really odd. That's the second Godfather reference that's happened to me in the last few days. I've, I've, I've started rewatching um Weeds. Oh, okay. And yep. I just realized that there's an episode in the first season. I can't remember how it's set up. Yeah. But um, Shane, the younger son of, of Nancy, who's the main character. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. He starts to realize that she's a drug dealer and he's looking outside and he sees Nancy, Nancy and all of her business partners like, mm-hmm. um, you know, figuring the weed business out yeah and so it's, it's all sort of coming to you know he's realizing what what it all means and you know in the godfather right at the end when um i can't remember who but is looking into the room where michael corleone is the new boss mm-hmm. oh yeah and then they close and the, door the doors shuts. yeah yeah that's you know, it. and like all of his cronies are around him it's kind of like that yeah yeah so weird there nice. you go two two godfather references indeed. in a few days indeed <laughs> so the other the other characters i have is the menu guy yeah okay so the one Elaine flirts with to the, get the into the The one Elaine flirts with. So yeah. he's obviously a flirtatious person. Oh, sounds or like Or just it. receptive of 
flirtations from a from a very attractive you know, woman. Attractive woman. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and Fredo himself. Yeah, Fredo the parrot, who Fredo I mentioned was a reference to the Godfather Part Two. That's right. And they say Fredo's dead. Yeah, so he no. was an African parrot, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I they think said so. something about an African parrot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he died from key ingestion. <laughs> key ingestion. I'm guessing like metallic poisoning. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> copper or, I or, don't know, or or maybe the insides were damaged from the key yeah. cutting inside his organs. Yeah, I imagine that little would fuck, a, fuck a little bird up for oh, sure. It would badly. Yeah. Goodness. They're all the characters. They are for the strong box season nine episode fourteen. So uh, yeah, that's our secondary character analysis. When we come back, we'll have one more little break, Steve, and uh, we'll come back and we'll find out is the strong box in our top ten episodes of all time? Are there any secondary characters in our top ten of all time? And Seinfeldisms. So we'll talk about uh, weekly Seinfeld related events that may have happened to us during the week, and a new segment Seinfeldia, Seinfeld trivia, where we give you a tr- trivia fact about Seinfeld on the day that we're recording. So today is Tuesday the... 9th of January. Yeah, so we'll give you the trivia fact for Seinfeld for the 9th of Jan. All of that coming up. This is, but I don't want to be a secondary character. And we spoke about Season 9 episode, The Strong Box. And the question is, Stephen, where does The Strong Box sit out of 32 episodes that we've reviewed? Uh, where do they sit in your 32? Well, before I talk about where The Strong Box sits, I'll just go through my top 10. So, just in case you're... <laughs> Number one, The Strong Box. No, no. Like no. I did with The Mango. Remember that? I surprised you. Yeah, you did. Our Season 2 finale, The Mango, was my, is my number one ever that we've reviewed so far and Steven's shaking his head yep. it's like first Steinbrenner for the characters now the mango for the episodes it's all too much it's too much yep too much I, could, I nearly didn't come back it was yeah. just too much yeah I know yeah. I was going to get Stacy to come over and, and record with me she would have been a very worthy replacement probably better <laughs> oh, who knows yeah <laughs> well hey Stacy, if you want to come back let us know yeah yeah yeah. but as a third guest not yeah. replacing me no of course no we can get Stephen from North America to replace you the guy sure. who did who did a blog about uh, live events mentioned in Seinfeld we're going to put that on our show notes guy's got time he does yeah come on Stephen do so, a Skype Skype podcast <laughs> cool so top 10 episodes so far that we've reviewed and this is uh, from season 1 uh, all the way through until this episode so number 10 is the shoes number 9 is the mango number yep. 8 is the subway Number seven is the apartment. Number six is the pony remark. Number five is the baby shower. Number four is the stakeout. Number yep. three is the limo. Number two is the movie. And number one is the pen. So okay. Strongbox does not appear in my top 10. Okay. Nor in my top 20. Mm-hmm. Nor in my top 30. Okay. Uh, it's last on the list. 32. Okay. 32. Yeah. 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 I, I made a few comments at the start that the episode is weird. Mm-hmm. Sometimes weird is good for me. Yep. I like when things are a bit you know, uh, against the grain or just out of sorts. I, I enjoy that for a lot of, you know, different things. But for some reason, this did just didn't work. No. And all the characters except 
all the secondary characters, none of them had any redeeming qualities mm-hmm. that I liked. Yeah. Um, you know, I liked their performances and they were funny. Yeah. But as people, as humans in this world, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just didn't like any of them. I thought, yeah. nah, you're all, you're all assholes. Yeah. It's or, definitely a season nine episode, you can tell. Yeah. And despite it was a, style. Yeah. yeah. And, and just like, you know, it's comedy. It's fine. I'm, you know, I don't take it personally and I don't take it too seriously. But just jerry and kramer digging up a dead bird for me is just a bit too bit too much wasn't it bit too you know like they've i mean they've done worse things to humans mm-hmm. like emotionally but i just i don't know it just didn't sit well with me yeah just couldn't i couldn't i couldn't accept that even jerry who's a pretty terrible person in mm. a lot of ways would go so far would to go do so that. far yeah just to get cufflinks mm-hmm. like would he care that much jerry lewis's cufflinks from cinderella yeah, yeah i don't know it just it, i just didn't buy it you know, even for a season nine weird, wacky episode yeah. where they push the boundaries even more, it just, I'm like, nah, this just seems too far. Yeah. And it made, and that, that tainted the episode too much. Yeah. I was in a similar boat to you. So out of 32, I put the strong box at 28. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. definitely one of the weaker season nine episodes. Yeah. I did enjoy the, the George and Kramer subplots. Yeah. You know, Kramer trying to drop the key off and ended up, the key ended up killing the parrot, and yep. George trying to break up with Mora, which is funny as. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, you're right. It was just very disjointed as yeah. well. Um, yeah, you're right. The characters, and even yeah, Jerry and Kramer stooping so low. Yeah, yeah, it's not last on my list, but yeah, bottom four. Yeah, bottom five, twenty-eight. Yeah. What are your top ten? Top ten, number ten, the Jimmy. Nine, the limo. Eight, the movie. Seven, the pony remark. Six, the Hamptons. Five, the bizarro Jerry. Four, the soup Nazi. Three, the puffy shirt. Two, the outing, and one. Still standing after one week, I guess. <laughs> the mango. One week in podcast timeline. In podcast timeline. Four weeks indeed. of real time? Yeah, exactly. Yep. And, and did any of the secondary characters appear in your top 10? Uh, not in my top 10, but Mora is number 11. Okay. Yeah, really wow. enjoyed her. Yeah. yeah. She was so funny. When when we were talking about her, I had a feeling that maybe she would appear top 10 or no, top 20. No, didn't quite make you the 10. you you really liked it. Yeah, no, I really liked her. She's great, but no, not quite top 10. Okay. My top 10, Tim Watley at the 10. Number 9 is Meryl from The Wife, Courtney Cox's character. Uh, number 8 is Joe, the fruit store owner from The Mango. Uh, 7 is Mary Cantati from The Baby Shower. 6 is Bookman from The Library. 5 is Newman. 4 is Susan. 3, The Soup Nazi. 2, Frank Costanza. And 1, controversially, George Steinbrenner. Hmm. 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 Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I None of the characters from this episode, none of the secondary characters appear in my top 10 like you. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't consider whether any would appear in my top 20, but if I did, I would imagine that Maura would be up there because she is, yeah, she's funny. Yeah. She's good. And she puts George in her place. In she his does. place. Yeah. You know, she doesn't take a shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a bit of reshuffling okay. with my top 10 characters over the break. Right. Uh, so my top 10 from 10 to 1. Uh, George's parents from our 10th ever episode what's to deal with uh, George, uh, what's to deal with the Seinfeld parents yep uh, initially I put Joe the fruit shop owner from the mango as number 9 yes but uh, he's gone up a bit oh up yeah you've had a bit of a thinking or you listened to the mango episode a couple of times no I just no? thought about, I, I was looking at the list the other day and I thought no I think he deserves a higher spot so I uh, put him higher sweet so number 9 is Harold and Manny Number seven is Susan Ross. Number six is... Uh, sorry, number eight is Susan Ross. Yep. Number se- uh, seven is Sue Ellen Mischke. Number six is Celia from the Merv Griffin Show. Yep. Uh, number five is the record store owner. And now number four is Joe. Ah, wow. So jump from nine to four. Cool. That's, that's a bullet yeah. <laughs> right there. Well, as you know, and as uh, any long-time listeners would know, I love curmudgeonly old men sure who do. just don't give a fuck. They're mm-hmm. just like, I'm grumpy, deal with it, whatever. Yep. <laughs> and he's he's up there with the best. He's even more grumpy... 
and uh, maladjusted than the uh, record store owner. Yeah, he is actually, you know, and we think the record store owner is Jigsaw, like yeah. pre-Jigsaw. That's yeah. our theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just all the all the dumb customers at the record shop that drove him to become <laughs> the Jigsaw, Jigsaw killer. Yeah, because he's also played by uh, his Tobin Bell, was it? Was that his uh, name? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's played um, by the same actor. Okay. Mm. Yeah, Jigsaw. I knew it was the same actor. I just can't remember his name. Yeah, I think it was Tobin Bell. Yep. Number three is Jane from the Hamptons. Number nice. two, uh, Bob and Cedric the Street Toughs from our first ever episode, The Soup Nazi. And number one, the ultimate curmudgeon, Alton Bennis. <laughs> nice. Elaine's dad. Beautiful. Yeah. So they're our top tens. Where do they sit in your top ten? Does the strong box make it? Let us know. Oh, yeah. Let us know your top ten, like overall, even top five or even your favorite episode, whatever suits. We'd love to compile some information Yeah. and get some, uh, get some things. Yeah, because yeah. when you control... Information. The mail. You, you control, control information. information. I was like, this quote is not going too well. It's not. No, anyway. new information was in there. And that's a great segue <laughs> into Seinfeldisms. So to kick off season three. So Seinfeldisms are basically real events which are based off Seinfeld in our real lives. Yeah. Anything related to Seinfeld in our personal lives. Yeah. So if you checked our socials today, uh, I had a bag of pretzels and I put that on facebook and instagram and twitter got a comment from one of our listeners saying oh, i hope you got a role in murphy brown after that and i said oh i bet you i'll tell yeah. you what yeah i hope so yeah did you uh enjoy the pretzels oh they're all right okay. yeah not did bad. they um make you thirst oh they sure did okay did you drink water after that no i did well, your mum actually um commented okay. and said that i should drink some snapple to wash it down that's a good idea yeah thanks mum yeah You're thanks vera yep <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. She's, uh, she's pretty sharp. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, I disappointingly, I didn't have many Seinfeldisms over the break. Sometimes I've had like four in a week. Yeah. But I, you know, I was I was uh, away for a couple of weeks over Christmas, mm-hmm. and I had one. What happened? And I watched Seinfeld. Ah, cool. <laughs> so it was probably the most obvious. And almost redundant Seinfeldism. I just watched the show, yeah, but nice. not for the podcast. I just, I rarely watch it just for watching it because mm-hmm. we, you know, we watch it four or five times for the show. That's right. Uh, for the podcast, and I rarely get a chance to just watch it independent of us doing an episode every week. Um, but I was at my folks' house in Brisbane over Christmas and uh, New Year's, and I was just sitting down with them, and uh, my mum was flicking through the channels, and Seinfeld came up, and I think we watched one or maybe two episodes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so it was. It was almost like a, like a anti-meta Seinfeldism. <laughs> it was such a Seinfeldism. It was just so obvious. Yeah, you know, it is the ultimate Seinfeldism is watching the show. Watching the show. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, for Seinfeldisms. Yeah. Did you have a Seinfeldism? Get in touch and uh, let us know. Yep. So, Ivan mentioned before that we have a new segment. It's called Seinfeldia. Seinfeldia, yes. So uh, last year, Stacy, who actually guessed it on our second last episode of season two, uh, the movie, I believe. Yes, yes the movie. That's right. Uh, her and I were at the shops and we found a cool little Seinfeld calendar. So we thought it would be fun to just read out um, a, a fact or a trivia piece um, every episode yeah, on the day that we're recording. That's right. And today is the thir- uh, Tuesday, January 9th. That's so right. quite a basic trivia fact, but mm. I guess we'll read it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they get more um, more difficult or more obscure as as the as time goes on. Hopefully. And just so you know, this is a little like desk calendar. Mm-hmm. It's like a flip calendar yeah, yeah. Um, where you tear out the page and on every date, there's a little fact about Seinfeld. That's so right. today's fact, Tuesday, the 9th of January, the original title of Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David's sitcom pilot was the Seinfeld Chronicles. That's right. Which is actually, yeah, the name of the first episode. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Pilot, so, yes. 
Not a very fun fact, but yeah, it, it can only get better. It's a start. Yeah, it's a start. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, you're right. Hopefully, as the year goes on and we do more episodes, it becomes more uh, zany and obscure. Yeah, I mean, Hopefully. like you know, by December eighteenth or something, it's like how many how many hairs does Larry David have on his left leg or something? Yeah, completely ridiculous. Or Michael Richards was racist on set. You know, on this episode, <laughs> you know, something. I don't know. <laughs> he said a remark. Yeah. What words did he say that were racist? He was at a comedy club in 1995 and yeah. <laughs> repeated what happened in the 2000s. I don't know. I don't just know. Just a guess. Yeah, just really, really, really obscure facts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So before we wrap up this week, uh, we just wanted to mention again that we are doing a live show and we're very excited about it. Uh, at the start of the episode, I mentioned that uh, it will be in late March and it's in Melbourne where we are based and where we record. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be at George's Bar in Fitzroy, uh, which is in Melbourne. I believe it's off Brunswick Street. Um, yep. More details will come out over the next week or two. We'll put out a Facebook event, uh, promotional material, all the details. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, it'll be our 50th episode chronologically yes. of the podcast. Indeed. We'll be recording live and we'll be doing the contest yes and it is an open invitation but it's not an open bar okay no. so you buy your own drinks <laughs> free entry we'll, we'll pay for your entry yeah you pay for your beers exactly or yeah. whatever you want to consume yeah, hennigan's whatever. or whatever you want hennigan's yeah <laughs> yeah we're, we're making the bar only serve seinfeld drinks hennigan's yep yep and uh seinfeld food love it i believe half of their food is seinfeld yeah food. twix anyway. and snickers yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah sounds good so yeah we're really looking forward to that so if you want to come along uh just keep an eye out on our socials we'll put all the details all the specifics up in the next week or two And, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in to the very first episode of our uh, first season. Oh, sorry, third season. Third season. First episode, I was going to say. Of season three. Of season three. That's right, of Bibble Bass. Next week, it is a fifth episode, so it is What's the Deal With? And next week, we're going to talk about Babu Butt. Babu Butt. Babu Butt. It was a popular one. We had a few fan requests over the last couple of seasons for Babu, and uh, we're finally getting to him. So next week, it's an episode dedicated to Babu. Yep. So we'll dive deep into Babu. Yep. And also the actor who portrayed him as well. That's right. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for listening. And if you want to get in touch with us, we've got an email address, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. We've got a website, bidwabask.com. We're on uh, all the socials. Uh, Our handle is at bidwabask. And we're available on iTunes and wherever else you get your podcasts for your listening pleasure. And if you want to subscribe or review us that to us or review us, that would be amazing. Indeed. And we may, mm-hmm. may be available may on another uh, audio platform soon. Oh, we're still trying to find out. It's a, it's a maybe. <laughs> we're trying. And uh, if we are, we'll, we'll let you all know. Yeah, we won't say anything yet. Yeah. But it might happen. But it might be redundant because you'd be listening to this anyway on yep. whatever your chosen platform is. Oh, you never know. You might use that other particular platform. Or maybe you got mates who only use that particular platform. That's true. They hate Apple products and they're like, That's I true. use that. That's like, true. Right. That's true. Just uh, typical you, you know, being positive <laughs> over my negativity. <laughs> of course. Anyway, thanks again for listening. And uh, yeah, Happy New Year again. And, uh, We'll catch you all next week for Bubble Butt. Yeah, Bubble Butt. See you next week. Bubble Butt.